we have to start thinking about different sources of revenue. When pandemic happened, our students were already doing this. So some of our students shifted into gear. They literally sat at home. They did their hair on their phones. They talked about products they love and they sold. Hi, everyone. I'm Sid Sharice. And I'm David Bosher. And you're listening to Destroy the Hairdresser, the podcast. Where we teach you to salon differently. For the past six years, we've been looking to partner with a booking system that would allow salons to provide station sharing options for hairdressers. What is station sharing? Imagine a system that allowed your staff to set their own schedule, change it whenever they want, and you as the salon owner would never have to worry about empty chairs ever again. We finally found our perfect match with Aura Salonware. Finally, salon owners can use our method of station sharing to maximize their profits and remove the micromanagement of their team's schedules. If you are interested in this type of profit maximization, visit rsalonware.com slash DTH to receive some discounts, promos, and a free iPad. Get started with Ara Salonware today. Who else has felt personally victimized by ripping color box tabs and saving them just to keep track of your back bar ordering? We all have, which is why we have partnered with SalonScale to make this process streamlined and simple. The SalonScale app will keep track of all of your color used, down to the last drop and give you a suggested color order list whenever you need it. No more underordering and no more overordering. Tap the link in the episode description to see why thousands have joined the salon scale movement. Use code DTH10 at checkout for 10% off. Sid was adamant about this topic, which is funny because I feel like we talk so much about these things that I forget that like, we have to it's go back. It's never enough. Yeah, I forget well, we that. We did do an episode on this called Retail Shmeetail. <laughs> I wish a bitch would. That was a popular yeah, one. IWABW. In July. But I want to talk about it again because actually I've been recently getting tagged. Hairdistry, which is our good friends over at Hairdistry. They've had us on their podcast twice now. I'm actually going to be like, it's time to bring us back for a third time because we're yep. we still have more to say. But they have been sending us podcast episodes of people that are like, because they've been talking to us since 2017, 18. And I think we did one in 19 too. I don't know. Uh, maybe it was 2020 we came back. I can't. I, I can't know. remember. I don't have my dates. Within the past four years, we have been friends with Hairdistry. They have another awesome hairdresser podcast. Go listen to them. And they have been tagging me in episodes where people are finally talking about the things that we're talking about. Recently, the past two that they've sent me were around retail mm. and not specifically the same way that we're talking about retail, but in the sense that like people are starting to get it. And one of the, the math ain't mathin. yes, and I, I can't remember her name and I'm so sorry. It's not because I didn't love what she had to say. It just, I, it was on Instagram so quick, go check out their podcast. But there was an episode and the salon owner was basically saying that she removed all her retail and switched to affiliate links. And now she's putting in stations where those retail shelves were. And if anybody knows us over here at Destroy the Hairdresser, that is... That's it. DTH 101. We've been teaching that <laughs> since about 2012. <laughs> and we've been fighting for this. So the fact that they sent me that and I watched it, I was like... like. You know, I was talking about this with Coach Lowe. We get so jaded in our bubble of DTH destroyers. Like all of our students, all the people that follow us, we're in our bubble of people doing and using our methods. That there's people out there that also either maybe they heard it from us or heard it from someone else. No, we don't get jaded. 
we get like tunnel vision. Tunnel vision. Yeah. Yeah. Jaded wasn't. Yeah. Like tunnel vision. I forget that it's almost like I'm just like, we need to reach more people. And so to see that other people in the industry are starting to do this, I'm like, yes. So for those of you that don't know, retail doesn't make you money. And And I know that's triggering and I know that hurts. (laughs) And I know you're looking at your retail shelves and saying, I just spent $10,000 on those shelves. What the fuck do you mean? But I also know that you're looking at your your income and you're going, but I made $40,000 last year in retail. Just to be very clear, retail does not make you money, but it will inflate your cash flow. So it it looks great for cash flow. It's great for cash flow. Mm -hmm. It'll make sure that you, people are like, well, I pay my rent and I pay payroll with retail. And so what I say then is if you remove retail, will you be able to pay your rent and will you be able to pay payroll? Mm -hmm. If the answer is no, then you know that retail is not making you money. It's just inflating your cash flow. Mm -hmm. And what we want to get people out of is using retail as a way to keep the salon alive. Yeah, The salon should stay alive because we're doing hair and making money off of our art and all the things that we're doing there. But if we're not making money off of hair and we're relying on retail to inflate the cash flow so we can keep going down this hamster wheel, mm-hmm. then are we successful and are we profitable? No. No, I mean, and it's exhausting. I mean, then it goes deeper into having to pay staff to do the inventory, take care of the shelves, make sure it's on there. Then we're getting reactive as leaders and we're aggressively pushing, you got to sell. Then we get really desperate and we're telling our team, you get an iPad if you sell the most products this month. And it's just like, it's just all seems exhausting. It's an exhausting hamster wheel that our industry is living on. And we are not over here at DTH. We are not anti-product. I love me some product. Oh, like, I love a product. I love it. But I do not want to have to pay to stock it. I don't want to have to pay to sell it. I want to just be able to sell it. If you are a product company, I want to support you. I want to be the voice that is using your product on the client and connect the relationship from client to product company. But the fact that for so long, we as an industry, hairdressers are the client. They're not caring what happens to us after that. And that's that's an issue. Like we need to connect the dots here, people. The other thing is when you buy retail and then you mark it up, you can only mark it up so much because of all the competition, right? Mm-hmm. So the only way for you to actually make profit is to be able to market up at least 200 percent, not 100. So if you buy it for 10 and then you mark it up to 20, you're not making any profit ever. You just just, made your money back. You made your money back. You're paying off your initial investment. You're Mm -hmm. then inflating your cash flow, but it's not going into your pocket. If we could mark retail up 200% and we could buy it for 10 and sell it for 30. Now that's a different, that's a different story. And that's what retail companies do. Like when you go buy a refrigerator, Mm -hmm. it's not it's, they didn't buy it for 500 and sell it for a thousand. They bought yeah. it for a hundred dollars in bulk. Yeah. And they're selling it to you for 2000. Mm-hmm. So that's when people are like, well, then how do other companies make money off retail? Because of the markup. Because and so of the markup. Yeah. The markup that we're allowed to have because of all the competition doesn't work. I think people are confused because when we say that, like these aren't, when we say like, the 10, 20, $30. That's just for a simple math example. Yeah. And I think people automatically are like, okay, well, you sold it for 10 and you made 20. How did you not profit $10? And the reality you is- you bought it for 10. You bought the product for 10. <laughs> we could do this with a dollar. We bought the product for a dollar. We sold it for $2. Now we have to put our dollar that we inv- invested initially to buy the product back in our pocket. And that extra dollar 
goes to buying the next products. You're never really truly making money. Like you would have to consistently sell and mark up, like David said, which if you're doing that, fine, keep your retail because then you you actually are profiting. If you can mark up your retail more than 100%, then yes, then it'll (laughs) it'll work. But because of our industry, it's not really set up that way. Mm -hmm. But when you switch to affiliate links, which the world is going to online, I don't feel like we have to keep telling people this, but apparently they don't get it. I mean, our clients are already buying from Amazon. Why don't you have an Amazon storefront? Like I literally only buy whatever Instagram tells me to buy. Yes. Same. I and don't I, know. Like, I want to support like influencers. Like I will buy from their Amazon accounts because I know it's helping a family or a person. And I know people don't want to do that, but like. And if one more person tells me that selling retail builds loyalty, I'm going to vomit. Really? Because the minute you break your hand and have to take a month off, that loyalty has nothing to do with the product anymore. <laughs> They're not like, well, you know, I know you broke your hand and I'm going to stay because I really love dry what, shampoo. Well, you want to know what builds loyalty? You're. A strong Instagram presence. Mm-hmm. Not retail sales. Demand builds loyalty. Demand. Feeling FOMO builds loyalty. Influence builds loyalty. But, you know, what's great about affiliate links or online sales in general, and there's not a lot of them, but what's great about them is that instead of us, the hairdresser being the client, we are bringing the client to the brand. We're bringing mm-hmm. you your clients. We're bringing the people that want to buy from you. And mm-hmm. are going to buy from you. And we get a seller's fee, a percentage fee. I did not have to invest any money. I did not have to go bankrupt. I am literally just doing my job and using your product. And I think that's why companies are freaking out because they've spent, they've made all of their money. Like these big brands have made all their money by gaslighting and bullying and threatening salon owners and small businesses that if they can't be a part of our cool kids club unless you invest 10, 20, 30, $40,000 in a certain things. What tier or, do you want to be at? Or we're going to remove this because mm-hmm. you're doing this. Like you can't be on our website because of this. It's so fucked up y'all. And I know you've, <laughs> I know you've experienced it. And if you're a hairstylist and you haven't been a salon owner, I'm telling you, if you work for a salon and that salon is covered and riddled in product and has product shelves, it's not good. You should have some empathy for your salon owner because <laughs> they are this, losing but- money. If you have a salon and half of its retail or even a quarter of its retail, I know you're not profiting and we can help you make profit by immediately removing the retail. Hire people, not products. You can have products in your salon. You can also sell products via affiliate link. You can still have that relationship with your client. It's funny too, like before people make this switch consciously, they're like, no, we make tons of money off retail. And then like, further into the conversation i'm like what's one of your biggest expenses oh ordering retail yeah inventory you're like oh so it blows my mind if you got rid of it and then you never ordered it again Mm -hmm. you know there are certain you would actually have profit another rule that we have i hate calling them rules but a suggestion method method if you are going to have any product to sell in your space have it be in a space that can't take up a space of a station. Like yeah. it's such a small little area. And and the only reason that that is beneficial, and, and they are the products that can be purchased through affiliates because we want that. What we want to get out of is the whole concept of you have to buy a product when you leave the salon. I want to go home. I want to see how my hair sits. I want to see how it does. I want to style it myself and see how that works and then realize, oh shit, my hairdresser was right. 
I need that product because me using what I thought would work or me thinking that I'm going to want something on Amazon or Sephora or anything like that isn't going to work. What I do think is beneficial for our curly clients to have something that's tangible, but that doesn't mean that like if it's out of stock, it's out of stock. We're not constantly forcing to restock it. It's like I have three products that you could possibly take home, but if it's out of stock, I also have an affiliate link. And I think that's and and this this tiny little retail shelf that I'm talking about is probably not even exposed to the public. It's probably just available in the back for you to help someone out because it's like they're going on vacation tomorrow or something. Some people, it's not the math that bothers them. Like, like, yeah, I know I don't make money off retail, but they, there's this statement I get all the time. Well, how are people going to know how are they going to do their hair? What if they go and they, what if they go to CVS and buy shit product? I'm not worried about that because I, if they buy I shit product, I guess the product, podcast viewers gonna... can't see me, but I'm just like, <laughs> it does it's not my problem. If they buy shit product, they're going to know that it's shit product compared to what I used on their hair. They're going to know that it's not also, working. maybe that's what they want to buy. I also want to talk about... It's not shameful to buy shit product if that's what you're getting. Mm-hmm. I oh, also... well, it'll ruin their hair. Let it ruin their hair. Guess who's going to fucking fix it? Let it. I think something, too, that's important is that, especially with generations, I talk about this probably every other podcast, generational marketing is so important. Mm-hmm. Gen Z's specifically and millennials, we want to spend our money on things that we find valuable, not because we can afford them. It's something that when we we want to use our money to make us feel good, we want to spend our money on things. Now, that's probably not the most financially well, listen, smart thing. <laughs> it's not a, it's not about for affordability. It's not about affordability. And we we have a podcast a couple episodes ago we did in September called Affordability and uh, Affordability hashtag charity porn. Charity porn. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> My point is that then we get mad at clients for not buying products, but then we don't give them options to sit in it. And I think that's the thing. It's like the younger generations, if you say, okay, your hair is going to cost $300, they're coming with $300. They're not coming with more to tip you. So we can't get mm -hmm. mad when they didn't tip. They're not coming tipping, with more to get product. We're beyond. Yeah. If so you're a DTH have, person, we're beyond the tipping. We have to have bigger conversations and our students are having that. They're like, we're going to do three hours. I charge $100 an hour. Let's say that. Tips included in that price. So, you know, you don't have to tip me, but I will suggest, I am going to be suggesting some things. I'm going to send you a link from things that are going to help your hair based on your concerns. So it's like, I've already planted that seed. Okay, well, what's that? And then I'm sending them the link. Every one of my clients, when I'm done with their hair, they get an automatic text like, how was your service? See you on this date. And here's my link to buy products. That link goes to like a little mini website where I have my Amazon store front on it. I also have like my hair story link, my salon centric link. I have every fucking link that they could buy products for me. And I did nothing. It just went to them. And if they buy products, great. And do you want to know when they paycheck? You know, when they buy products between the hours of 5 p.m. and 3 a.m. Mm -hmm. They also buy watching you online, which is why it's so important for your influence and your social media presence to be so strong because you used it. They saw you use it on their hair. They didn't know if they wanted to get it, even though they had the links. Now they're watching you style your own hair or styling another client's hair or doing a tutorial with that same product. And you're linking that product in your story or your bio. It's instant. They're going to buy mm -hmm. it. Also... Your clients aren't the only ones buying the product. That's the best part about online your sales. Your followers and are buying. You don't have to have your clients buying. It's anyone who's watching you. Mm -hmm. And so 
by stocking retail, you're losing so much money by making that the focus because you're only limiting yourself to a certain amount of people. By doing affiliate links, you are opening yourself up to 7 billion people. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's what like we have. The world is globalized. We don't have to just think small. And even shopping small is still global at this point. We have to start thinking about different sources of revenue. When pandemic happened, our students were already doing this. So some of our students shifted into gear because all they had was the source of revenue of product sales because they couldn't do hair. They didn't have products in their stores, so their salons weren't getting broken into. They didn't have to do the, I'm going to deliver products to you situation and expose themselves. They literally sat at home. They did their hair on their phones. They talked about products they love. And you know what? People still had jobs during that time. And they sold. I remember one of my students made almost $8,000. It was like double what she normally made because she had the time to invest into her social. And she was like, why am I even doing hair? (laughs) I can just be an influential hairdresser on social. And I'm like, yeah. All the people that make fun of influencers, it's hilarious. Like influencing, it's not only the future, it's now. Like if you're not influencing, hairdressers have always been influencers. Yeah, we're We're just natural influencers, right? (laughs) So all we need to do now is turn on the camera. Insane. And with products to make money off of all the fucking work that we have done as hairdressers to get to know products for brands to try to get us to work for them, affiliate links and online marketplaces like Salon Interactive or Hair Story, all these different reverie, all these different affiliate links and online marketplaces are the only way for hairdressers to truly make money. Don't work for a salon. Because it's like, all profit. You're not but spending don't any money. A, don't be a salon or work for a salon. It's like, we'll give you 10% of your retail sales. 10% mm-hmm. of a $20 sale. I mean, honestly, it's so laughable that we're like, oh, what a great deal. Like $2? Yeah. $2. Where affiliate is 20 to 40. 20, yeah, 20 to 40% just off the sale. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, the math ain't math in. Mm-mm. The math ain't math. The math ain't math, and I want to add something to the end of it, but I can't. The math ain't math, and the hair ain't snatching. (laughs) (laughs) Something that our coaches do that I love in their salons. They actually put QR codes on the back of the products they're using, like the back bar products, um, because clients do grab it and they do touch it. And the QR codes go directly to their affiliate links. And I think it's just having a conversation. We create our clients, how they respond to us, how they communicate with us, how they buy from us, how they spend their money with us. We dictate that, right? We, we tell them what we want. So why are we so weird about doing the same with products? Like if you want to buy this product... It's available online. You're going to go online later and buy something anyways. I don't carry in-house. Why? I'll tell you why. Because you're going to go online and buy later anyways. I I think that's like, why are we not being honest? Like it costs a lot to carry product in-house. It costs a lot. It costs too much. This is easier. It goes directly to your door. You don't need to come to my space to see me. Like when I'm with another client to get it, you don't have to wait to your hair appointment. You can message me. You can do those things. It's funny. So my partner, Josh, is not a hairdresser, but he obviously hears Mm -hmm. me talking about everything hair all day long. So he like naturally just picks up on all these things. And we were walking, we live in New York City. And so we're walking down the street and he saw the salon and it's all, I mean, the whole thing is just retail. And he's like, don't they know that they're not making any money? Don't they know they could add more? Like, it's so funny that like people that are outside of the industry can see it a little bit easier but in the industry, we, we're so fucking brainwashed. Yeah. We're so brainwashed that we we have to sell retail. It's 
so ingrained that just even talking about it triggers everyone. And it's, and what it triggers is, it's funny because what we're talking about is actual freedom. Yeah. And that triggers Yet everyone. Yet they think they're free in it. Yeah. Um, what, we had a comment, I don't know, on some post that said, oh, so you're telling me the hundred grand I made on retail last year wasn't profit? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's not even worth my time to get yeah, into we that. Don't, we don't respond to comments because this it's isn't just, the place. I can't, you can't, it, social media is done for connecting and marketing. It's not for coaching. Like I can't coach right. you in a comment. I'm sorry. And I'm not going to argue with you and I'm not going to do a public blasting on you. Like you wanted to and leave that comment. And if you can't comment. do math, I don't have to tell you. Like, and, but I want to ask that person. I'm not no, going to. No, don't ask. Don't but ask. I'm, my point is like, what did you spend in inventory to restock those shelves? What was the initial investment? We're going to add that. Fine. Look at your annual sales of retail. What was that? And also subtract that initial investment plus all the times you had to restock the shelves. Then you actually tell me what it's left over because I guarantee mm-hmm. that hundred grand in cash flow that you think that you is profit. It's cash flow for sure. You sold a hundred grand in retail. It's amazing. Yeah, there's a hundred grand in the, in the in the account moving around. Yes, mm-hmm. but what but you did you profit? What did grand. you spend? And that just seems so crazy to me. I do not do you want, want to, know, to buy to lose. This. It's so insane. Do you want to know how to make money off retail? The last day that you sell it and you don't restock it is the first day that you will make <laughs> profit on retail. Yeah. If I sell it and I never restock it again, that's profit. Sell all the products on your shelf and switch to affiliate links and online sales. That's the end of it. I mean, there's no... And I don't know why big companies are getting so upset about this. They're still selling product. They're still... No, no, no. They're not getting upset. You know why? Because hairdressers, when they hear us talk about it, are like, no, that's wrong. And they keep doing it. And then we get a call from those same hairdressers, those same salon owners, a couple of years later saying, I'm not profiting. And the first thing we do, remove the retail. Mm-hmm. The second thing we do, remove the front desk. And then they tell me, well, different episode. <laughs> the retail I have doesn't have online sales or affiliate links. And I said, well, it's probably time for you to switch to a different line because they're Absolutely. not catching up with the times you know what i hear well i you know susan comes in once every two weeks to get that hairspray well, susan's susan. got maybe five more years with you okay Let her, <laughs> we can't base can our order business decisions based on susan like we're ba- we're basing a hundred thousand dollars off of susan's twenty dollar purchase and that's we gotta stop doing that so yeah. if you want to learn more about how to stop selling retail and use affiliate links and online marketplaces, you can go to destroythehairdresser.com slash partners. And we actually have a few partners that you can sign up with or you can talk to. Yeah. Um, Salon Interactive is one of the easiest. It's free. Yeah. Saloninteractive.com slash DTH. Get some, get some perks, get some cool stuff. They might not carry everything, but again, like Sid just said, if you can't carry it online, you need to stop carrying it in general. Also, I know everybody hates Amazon, but... If your clients aren't going to stop buying products from Amazon, you might as well profit from it. And that's open an Amazon yeah. storefront. Like your salon should have one. Your individual stylist could have one. I don't think people realize that when you when you open an Amazon storefront, mm-hmm. it's not if someone uses your link and they shop not just for what you're selling, but just in general, yeah. that you make a percentage off of the total cart. Mm-hmm. I'll look at my things and it'll say that I sold stuff that's not even on my list. And I'm like, oh, cool. <laughs> All right. So it's just sitting pretty. So it's just mm-hmm. sitting over there. And she's it's getting, a very, with Amazon, some cash. I will be honest, because I don't want people to think 
it's it's, a low it's literally percentage. it's a very low percentage. You're not making a lot off of Amazon. But my point is, if your clients are going to buy off of it, I I don't care if I get a penny. I want a penny. I want that penny. It's a sit it or qu- it's a sit it and quit it. Yeah, like that's it's, it. That's all it is. If you're going to buy from Amazon, you might as well buy from my Amazon store, and you might you're... as well give me the small business the two dollars versus. So I mean, that isn't the best way to do it, but it's something. And tools, if you're doing tutorials, you can have tools, clips, everything. My clients will literally be like, they know me so well, and I'll have something on me, like some hair accessory. And they're like, is that on your Amazon storefront? And I'm like, no. And they're like, well, can you add it so I can buy it? <laughs> they could easily just search for it. But well, they someone asked you Someone asked you recently for any good books, and you're like, here's my list. And yeah. it, you, they're all on your they're I all have on your a Amazon list storefront. of business books. I saw probably more books than hair stuff because people <laughs> love my book recommendations. So crazy it's a wild world retail in your salon stop stocking it stop buying into the bullshit and just get some affiliate links and start making some real cash and if you need help get a coach next time on destroy the hairdresser the podcast we both want the same thing we want to elevate educate and empower the salon industry the next thing is that you're not afraid to spill the tea on what (laughs) is really going on i'm sitting in saskatoon saskatchewan with a technology that could disrupt an industry. So what better place to go than to you guys to say, hey, can we spread this message together and share that there is a better way than guessing and stressing? 